Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Are you there? I am here. I'm live, live across the nation. <laughs> all across the world. <laughs> yeah, all across everywhere. But that's right. We've got people Wherever listening people all around the world. people have podcasts. I don't know who's going to be listening across the world, though, because this is a very specifically Australian uh, subject. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, we've got people listening in America and people listening in Germany and other parts of Europe. It's true. It's probably Australians, I guess, in other countries Expats, or probably. people who just, yeah, people who just love chat about elbows, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> could be. People who have really dry elbows and they've now finally stumbled across, you know, this solution, which is, of course, the Bellbows product. I'm pretty excited to talk about this episode. Me too. Really, really, really excited. We're sort of past the point where it's... A- competition and now we're just like hanging out with the band. Should we jump straight into it? Yeah, absolutely. I'm so excited to jump into it. Let's go. And it's quarter to the hour here on Fruity Alexia Radio. <laughs> that was. <laughs> I could never do back announcing on a radio. I'd be so terrible at it. <laughs> yeah, I always forget what I'm saying halfway through a sentence. So <laughs> <laughs> this is why this is why you could never be on radio. But I am a perfect consummate professional. So anybody yeah. looking for somebody to come on the radio show, hook me up. Yeah. But don't hook up Alex. Well, I could be the you know the sidekick. That's fine. That's true. You know. <laughs> so we were we were trying to think. Oh, firstly, you know, basic radio DJ skills. My name's Alex, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Alexander. <laughs> we we're trying to think of a name for our fans during the week, weren't we? Because we've got we you know upwards of four now. I think. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> plus my parents. I think. Oh, there you go. So six. Um, and you know, everyone's got their little. Like My Favourite Murder, which is one of the big podcasts, they've got their Murderinos and, you know, My Dad Wrote a Porno, which is one of my favourites. They've got the um, Blinkers. Pop stars have their own little names as yeah, well. Yeah, like Lady Gaga's got Little, little Monsters and oh, right. um, I think Taylor Swift's got, has she got Swifties? Is that a thing or have I made that up? And I think Nicki Minaj <laughs> has got Barbs. Barbs? Well, I think it sounds different with my accent, but I think they're like Barbs. 
I think it's barbs. like, yeah, I think it sounds better with an American accent. I'm not okay. like entirely sure where the barb thing comes from. Yeah. And Beyonce's got the beehive or the, I don't know. I never understand the Beyonce thing, right? Because is, it's like, is it the beehive or is it the beehive? Because it's written B-E-Y hive, like beehive. And then I'm like, is it like the beehive or the beehive? I'm confused. Uh, and she's Queen Bee. And I'm like, but I don't get it. Why didn't they just leave the Y off? Like, I'm sure it's Beehive, right? But they could have just left off the... It would have to be. I'm so confused. Beyonce, if you're listening, (laughs) it's like, Papa, can you hear me? Beyonce, if you're listening. (laughs) I love it. I know. Um, What are we going to call our people? Well, we sort of thought Fruity Alexia podcast... Yeah, I've been labeling all all the um, audio files FAP. Yep, love FAP. <laughs> so Hashtag we could have FAP. some. Yeah, we could have some FAPers. What do you think <laughs> of that? <laughs> I think. <laughs> I think Is it fappers. too much? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, <laughs> look, you just told me about my dad wrote a porno, and their their stands are called blinkers. Um, yeah. We're a show about a reality show forming a girl band and we've got one called Fappers. I'm not really sure that it's, <laughs> I don't know what's sort of more off. I think probably Fappers is given the content we're doing, but sure, Fappers, if you think Fappers is going to work, <laughs> if you think Fappers is going to take off, fine. You know, what's it going to be called? The Fapper Club. <laughs> <laughs> we need something where the, um, I mean, the if, URL isn't already <laughs> taken, I think. If, if we scream if we do a live show at like a yeah. comedy festival or something, if somebody's yeah. stupid enough to let us book a slot, and you know <laughs> we scream from the stage, sh- you know from the stage, show us your fappers. Where are all the fappers out there? I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's like I take your point. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about screaming. Firstly, I've never screamed. Show me your fap. Show me all the fappers. So <laughs> I, I think it's a bit late in my life to start screaming about fappers now. Really. Okay, anyway. well, let's put that one down as a draft and we'll keep thinking about that one. <laughs> I think we should pop that in the car park. We'll park that one for a bit and see what happens. <laughs> All right. <laughs> should we talk about the show then? Let's. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, well, we're halfway through the series, basically. Well, not quite, but in, yeah, plot, plot line-wise, we're halfway through the series. Um, so we've no longer got any contestants, and it's all just the winners now, all winners from now on. <laughs> we see them move into a share house in Sydney together and we learn sort of about the routine that will make up their new life as pop stars. Um, the band introduced themselves as if it was a dating profile, which I found quite <laughs> weird. And I'm sure so we're talking weird. about it. Yeah. And <laughs> then straight away we're sort of into the drama around who gets the biggest room in their share house and who's going to be sharing a room. Michael Napthali then does a barbecue for them as the band settle in. <laughs> They're starting the new routine the next day, which includes uh, the gym, dance, classes, and then recording. And as the narrator says, 15-hour days become the exhaustive norm. <laughs> um, and they also begin learning their hit single, Poison. And as they adapt to life as pop stars, surrounded by cameras, and in this case, an uninvited spider. <laughs> Alexia. This is um, only just the beginning. So, uh, sorry, what am I saying? Oh, okay, sorry. This sorry, was, sorry okay. <laughs> you wrote this one down. This yeah, is great. Okay. This provides material. If anyone listens to the end, you'll realise that I put a little blooper at the end, which is purely me trying to <laughs> embarrass to Alexander. Piss me off. <laughs> to piss so, me off. So when much. stuff like this happens, I'm just glad because I go, yes, it's another little thing I can, you know, jab the screwdriver into the room. When things like this happen, I just think, fuck. Can't I adult better than this to stop this from happening? But anyway, what I was going to say was, um, so you look, the narrator says at the very, very beginning, you know, this week, it's only just the beginning. And I think it's um, it feels so ominous because, you know, in retrospect, we know how quickly the whole thing sort of happened and burnt, you know, burnt hard and fast. Um, and, you know, it's really interesting because all the girls are thrown really quickly, you know, into this Sydney house, which to me I think looks like a terrace home in like Newtown or something. Um, and yeah, it's quite, well, it's a massive one as well. Like, if only I could have lived in one that size when I was you know, their age. <laughs> you know, I was probably not living with that many people, or maybe I was. Yeah, I think I was living with the same amount of people, but in a terrace house half the size. And and you were in Surrey Hills. That house in Surrey Hills had like seventy four people living in it. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't that. It wasn't that bad. I don't think anyone had to share a room. But oh, well, don't you think that's so yeah. weird? Like, so they had these five girls, and they all had to share rooms. One of them got a room by themselves, but it was it's quite strange. And and what else I found quite weird was the house was really weirdly furnished. So like, there was a stack of magazines in a fireplace behind Katie when she's sitting at the dining table. There's like mm. some weird blanket or carpet hanging on the wall behind Chantel at one point. When they do a walk through the house, there's like a mini trampoline standing up in the corner. And like there's house plants everywhere. Like here's the question that everyone wants to know the answer to. Did somebody live there and they were just like <laughs> squatting? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. Like it was Jackie house O's was house. Yeah, Jackie O was so- in a tent out the back. <laughs> but the other thing that's weird is like I think it's Chantel opens up her suitcase and then looks around and there's nowhere to put the clothes. There's no chest of drawers or cupboards. Yeah, it's really weird and it's, it's quite a strange setup. And like, you know, 
Sophie opens her <laughs> so her bag and she's got this like she's brought that stupid blue phone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> from home <laughs> that we saw yeah. in the other episode that you you marvelled at. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it is this relic of the '90s. You know, when things were sort of a really bold colour and a mm. bit like they were plasticky and synthetic and like it had been inflated by magic somehow and she must love it because it's pretty much the only thing she unpacks. <laughs> it is. And I love that at that time um, Michael Napthali says to her, um, um, he goes, um, what else have you got in there? Have you packed the insincorator? Great reference, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> it's like you've packed everything, including the kitchen sink. Oh, he's just taken it to a new level, the incinerator. Yeah. I love it. Um, but what I thought was really weird is that all these girls, you know, finally these five girls have, have, have won, you know, in inverted commas, they've won. And yeah. they, they're, they're, they're coming together in Sydney. It's the first time they've actually seen each other. They haven't actually seen each other yeah. since they were, they were announced. So I don't know the timeline of this. You know, I was talking about it earlier. Yeah, they all must know who else is in the band already, but I guess Surely. it's the first time that they, like they wouldn't have had that much time to hang out during the auditions probably and even then you wouldn't know. Who was going to get in. Like I'm going to hang out with this person because it's definitely going to be, the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully I, they, I thought so too. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if they all got on. <laughs> it was so strange and, um, you know, with the whole like, the the whole like living together thing is such a strange concept, like why did they need to live together? Obviously, it's for ease of picking them up and dropping them off and they were moving from interstate and stuff. But yeah. it's such a weird, I guess it's trying to force them to have a rapport and build a relationship and a culture between them. But it's quite strange. The whole dividing rooms thing is really weird. I mean, you've got two 19-year-olds and three 23-year-olds or something. Um, what a nightmare. It's quite, it's quite strange. And, you know. it's a re- I think it's a really bad way to sort of get things going actually because you're going to like if you – you just need time away from people if you're going to be yeah, doing no 15 privacy. hour days with them. Yeah. You need to then go away and just let off some steam without having to, you know, mind yourself around your work colleagues. Oh, you know? exactly. And, you know, you just, you know, that that house is only going to have had one bathroom. You know, it's an old, un, un, up, not updated terrace home. You know, it's going to have one bathroom, those, those five girls and whoever else obviously lives there. You know, that's a lot of people to go through one bathroom. It would be annoying as shit. You know, well, and, traditionally and, the, um, the Surrey Hills terrace house would have a little outhouse in the backyard. So, oh, yeah, I can <laughs> there would really be the option see, to go and sit with the daddy long legs. <laughs> I could really see the girls of Bardo going out into a courtyard. Go to the toilet. Don't think so. I reckon a couple of them might. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I do think it's it's um you know it's interesting because early on you know we really see a glimpse of Chantelle being quite a sucky lala. Yeah, we do, don't we? She's yeah. This is when they're arguing about who gets the big room, right? Yeah, it's quite strange. And you know, oh, she's sort of sucky lala's about. Oh, I want I wanted the the big room. I wanted the sorry the single room. And and Sophie draws it, and she's like, oh, it's okay. You can have it. It's such a weird thing to be, you can already see that that's something that whilst the rest of them clearly didn't mind outwardly, they would have minded. I mean, everyone would have ideally liked the, the single room. Yeah, but of course, yeah. To make such a song and dance about it was quite immature, but I guess she was 19, you know. Yeah, it's, although I, w- you know, I was doing a bit of, you know, extracurricular research the other day and sure. I think it was a podcast with, um, um, with Belinda on it and she suspected that maybe Chantal was a bit older than she was letting on. Did you Have you heard this rumour? I actually have heard this rumour. You're going to have yeah. to refresh my memory though. <laughs> well, that's pretty much it. I think oh, she okay, just, good. <laughs> yeah, I think Belinda just sort of alluded to the fact that maybe she was a little older than the uh, the lower third in the TV show was letting on. <laughs> Interesting. There's no proof yeah. to this though, right? 
No, no, currently no proof. So it's speculation and potentially lies. But no, okay, not lies. cool. But you'd have to assume. Look, if if she is older, secretly, um, it's a bit fucking pathetic that she can't even make her own bed and do her own sheets. You know, she's like, oh, somebody else, my friend does this for me. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? It does look like the first time she's moved out of home and, you know, I, I probably couldn't do that for myself. <laughs> well, it's, it's technically <laughs> the second time she's moved out of home because remember she was she moved to Sydney last oh, week yeah. or just weeks ago in the previous episode, they said. I hope she's held on to the room. Anyway, we'll get <laughs> on to that later. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the first day of them all living together in this this house, you know, after they've divided the rooms and yada, 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 you know, mm. Sophie's sitting on the floor and she's using a hairdryer to straighten her hair, you know, which is a skill that girls don't have to worry about anymore because they've got hair straighteners. Thank you, GHD. Oh. <laughs> um, and then weirdly though, when they all walk out the front door, her hair's in a ponytail and she's yeah. gone from wearing a black top when she was using the hairdryer to now she's in like a blue top. So I don't know. I, I'm gathering continuity it was error. Shot in, yeah, continuity error there, people. It was obviously shot in a different day. Clearly they weren't using the continuity people from home and away who were like experts at it. They were obviously <laughs> using some amateurs for continuity. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the thing about this sequence where they all go to the gym you know, the, the narrator's kind of giving you the spiel about, you know, why they have to, you know, the girls must get fit and stay fit. Yeah. It's just this weird, like, like they're all such slim, you know, to me anyway, they look fit. Not that I know that how somebody looks is not necessarily a reflection on how fit they are, but, yeah. you know, they're all young women and they appear fit and there's this comment about the girls must get fit and stay fit. It's such a weird thing. Um, and, you know, this whole sequence of them all, you get this sort of like little montage of, the girls working with a, a personal trainer, you know, yeah. lifting weights and, you know, in unison at the same time or, you know, bench pressing and exercising and aerobics and all this kind of thing. And it's quite reminiscent of like, you know, scenes out of like Private Benjamin or like the Spice World movie when yeah. there's this weird... There's this <laughs> or weird, Clueless. Or Clueless, like Clueless? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Clueless. I've got and another Clueless this, reference in. <laughs> there's a, you're going to get one in every episode. There's a weird, um, there's a weird thing that filmmakers and uh, TV producers have about seeing women exercise. It's this strange thing like, oh, you know what would make really great TV or you know what people will love to see? Women being put through their paces like through a, with a drill sergeant. It's a weird recurring thing. I don't get it. It's a, I mean, a couple of the shots are a little bit creepy, like someone's Definitely. on their back doing leg curls or whatever they're called when you when you face down anyway, and there's like close-ups of someone's bottom, you know, which <laughs> it's kind of like, well, is this why they're showing it? It's a bit strange. It's like why in, in every kind of thing do you have to see women doing this? I mean, I don't know if there's necessarily... Do we blame Olivia Newton-John maybe? I don't think you can blame Olivia Newton-John for anything and okay. you need to wash your fucking mouth out for that. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Do you know, Livy Newton-John is the yeah. name I give the people at Starbucks every time I go. You really? know this, don't you? <laughs> no. Oh. Yeah, so when I go and they say to me, can I have a name for your order? Every time I say Olivia Newton-John and they look at me and it's a combination of either somebody looks at me and they've got this kind of shitty look on their face and they're like, really? Or they're like, oh, my God, that's so funny. Lol, you're so funny. And I'm like, yep, cool. And then if, I, if they've kind of given me a positive reaction, I'll say to them something like, you know, Olivia and John, they'll give me a cute reaction and I'll say something like, but my friends just call me Liv or Livy, so you can just write Liv. Okay. And they get a little chuckle or whatever and then they write Liv or Olivia or Olivia and John, some of them will write. And then they, because I, I love it, I love it when they have to call out the orders and the baristas haven't actually read any of the cups before they've been written on, they've, 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 before they've made the coffee. So they just make the coffee and they pick up the cup and look at the side and they go, Olivia Newton-John. 
and everybody else in the cafe just turns around to look. Really? And then there I am just kind of cruising up to get my coffee. <laughs> oh, poor things. Imagine expecting to see Olivia Newton-John and you turn up. <laughs> Getting me. Do you know what? We should do a twofer. Olivia and I should rendezvous. She can give my name and I'll give hers. And, you know, finally the, the two of us will meet. Oh, dear. Other coffee outlets are available. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do it to everywhere, not just at Starbucks. Anyway, I was thinking because they, they go on after they've been to the gym and after they've done a dance class, they then go on to record. And can you imagine just like doing like eight hours? Of, can you imagine even doing like half an hour of exercise then having to go and sing? Like I'd just be pooped the whole time. <laughs> I mean, I, I presume the whole thing of getting them to the gym in the morning and then dance classes and then going to the studio at nighttime 15 hours later. Mm. Obviously, there's a production schedule here and it's all about maximizing time minimizing costs, all that kind of a thing. Um, yeah. and, but it does feel very um, brutal. It really, I think it feels really brutal from straight away. Yeah. But then I guess it's just trying to protect them for what, what it is, you know, what it's going to be. Oh, yeah. I would have left after the first gym session, I think. <laughs> <laughs> you would have left like halfway into the gym session. Yeah, exactly. Kidding? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they go to the recording studio later and we meet Michael Zamowski. We do. And I think... Secretly, I think he's the real hero of Bardo, you know, because what's really great about Poison is just the juicy harmonies that are in it, I think. And it seems like he's the one who's gone through and like clearly it's a really quick like production timeline and he just has to like make really quick decisions. It's funny to hear, like it's the first time we hear the run through of Poison mm, yeah. and it doesn't quite sound like they must be just reading it off the sheet music. And it doesn't quite sound how it does in the recording. Like the the lead line sort of sounds a bit different. And I think it's all down to Michael Zamowski. Like he's clearly like massaged it in the studio and you know made it what how we know it today. Well, I think Michael Zamowski, and um, correct me if I'm wrong, I think he may have written it or co-written it, so as well as producing it. So I think right, that yeah. probably helps in the process if you've written it, recorded mm. the demo, you know, sold the song, and then you're part of the process in producing it probably. Yeah you know, helps. And I think at one point he even says, you know, that's great. I think I'm just going to get you all to sing the whole song the whole way through. And then I'm yeah. just going to use, use bits and pieces that are right for certain parts of the song. And then he has a little bit of a chat to the camera and he says, you know, they've all got really distinct voices, especially when you turn the beta up. And it's this, it's like, yeah, okay, great. Which, you know, it's probably, I don't know much about it, about it, but I imagine that that's like one of the most like entry level basic kind of sentences you could make about audio engineering for recording singers, singers, you know, they've all got really different voices, especially when you turn the beta up. It's like, okay, babe, calm down. Like we don't really care. The average teenage girl and gay guy watching at home don't give a shit about this. But anyway. And I get the feeling he's more of a musician than like, you know, he's the producer and the, there'll be engineers running around doing the I actual imagine. technical stuff. <laughs> and, you know, it's quite strange too because all of a sudden, you know, you're in the studio with the girls and they're singing mm. and then he's he's there too, Michael Zamowski, and they're yeah. singing the song. But what's quite strange is there's no announcement that from the narrator that the girls are in the studio singing you know, practicing or singing their debut, what will be their debut single or record or singing an album track called Poison. You hear it over and over again, but there's never any mention of the song title or anything about yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, where's the, come on, marketing team, get on it. Yeah. It, it just seems like such a missed opportunity, especially because, you know, they were on a tight timeline. You'd think, I suppose by this point, maybe they hadn't decided by the actual, um, like which which song they maybe were going to pick. Maybe that's why. Um, I was thinking too with Michael, like it's funny how over the last, 20 years, I reckon there's been a bit of a change where um, the producers of songs are really sort of being pushed to the front 
Um, and I don't know, I could be completely wrong, but I feel like you're getting less one-hit wonders because the pe- the person who's actually making the guts of the music is now you know, like the headline and then it will be like featuring blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you mean like, do you mean like Calvin Harris or David Guetta? Yeah, exactly, yeah, with, you know, and C is just the sort of tag along. So rather than it being like a Sia track. It's a Calvin Harris track with David, with Sia, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And I mean, I think that's that's fair and I think that's also fair maybe even of the time of pop stars in Bardo because, you know, you think a lot of those hit songs for Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, you know, um, Britney Spears, they were all written by Max Martin and, mm. you know, I think there's a whole bunch of different people that kind of were pretty consistent at that time. And so when people don't... When the, you know, the band, quote unquote, doesn't come up with goods over and over again, you know, meanwhile, the producer's in the background working with another act, making a hit over there. I think that's that's where you get this one hit wonder culture from, I reckon. Uh, totally, 100 million yeah. percent. You know, um, it's the sustainability of somebody singing on your track is the tricky thing to master, isn't it? You know, yeah. it's capturing the magic once is seemingly quite easy, but uh, repeating it is mm. nothing entirely. Um, I think it comes down to great producers. As you say, Um, I do think, um, you know, hearing all the girls sing Poison in their various, you know, parts and harmonies is actually really lovely. And, you know, I think it's a great point to kind of really hear them as actual singers because they really, they're singing a song that up at, at this time you didn't know. You'd never heard this song before. You know, in previous auditions or previous episodes, you'd heard them sing, you know, little bars of Mustang Sally and Celebration or Happy Birthday, Mr. President or some other random, you know, song. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Don't Leave Me This Way or My Heart Will Go On or whatever. So, you know, you, you knew those songs. So you were hearing these girls sing parts of songs that were so familiar to you. So this is the first time we're hearing them sing a song that isn't familiar to us that we don't, at this point don't even know the title to. We're mm. just sort of listening, watching in our lounge rooms, you know, listening to the girls sing this song and we're, we're really hearing them blend in their harmony and individually you're hearing their talent, which I think is actually a really interesting, um, it's actually probably the, the first time where you're kind of like, oh, they actually are talented. Because yeah, in the exactly. first In the first episode yeah. you're kind of like, well, I guess they've all got a great look and they all can sing, but I don't know, can they? I, I think they can, you know. Mm. And now you're like, no, they're actually really fantastic. They get, what's the other guy called? Tommy Farragher. Oh, Tommy Farragher. And he's been flown in from the US to produce one of the other songs, which yeah. is. <laughs> or it's, I mean, it's unclear, but it seems like he's there just to produce. He came in to produce the second single, which is I Should Have Never Let, never let You Go. Oh, that's it. And yeah, yeah. he also co-wrote it or, or wrote it. He, so I Should Have Never Let You Go was on the album and it was the second single. And he also oh, produced right. the third single, which is called These Days. Yeah, right. Okay. Neither of neither of which are my favourite Bardo songs, by the way. So I think that's something we've got to revisit when we get to talking about the tracks and the Oh, right. Oh, that's funny because they're actually two of my favourites. Um, I know, and this is the thing. Those two songs divide <laughs> Bardo um, fans. So yeah. we're gonna we're gonna get into it. <laughs> we can over come that. back to that. Yeah. Anyway, he. I don't f- feel like he really wants to be on camera, but you know, he seems to know what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I had, I had a bit of a Wikipedia of him, and you know, mm. not that you can believe everything you read on Wikipedia. Um, you know, but they say on the show that he's a big deal. You know, from the US. Although they don't give you a backstory about who he is or what he's done or any of the big names he's supposedly worked with. You know, yeah. his Wikipedia says that he wrote some songs for Dusty Springfield and Taylor Dane in the eighties. All right. And the girl group Eternal in the nineties. Um, and then there is actually a whole little section in Wikipedia about him coming to Australia, um, having signed with um, Warner Music in the um, in the mid nineties, coming oh. to Australia to write and co-produce "I Should Have Never Let You Go" and these days, 
um, as part of the Australian reality TV series Pop Stars and that created the girl group Bardo. Um, okay. And then post that, it clearly he's gone back to America. Um, yeah, and he's he had ended enough. Up, <laughs> he, um, yeah. And he ended up producing songs for, for the Glee soundtrack and the Glee television show, including um, Darren Chris's cover of Teenage Dream. So right. he obviously had some success as well before and after, but um, you're right. I don't think he seems like he particularly wants to be on camera, but he does yeah. seem really hands-on, which I think is really nice and also really necessary because, as the narrator says, it's the first time any of these girls have been in a recording studio. I'm not entirely sure that that's true because I've heard from Belinda since in other podcasts or YouTube things that she had been in um, studios before. Right, and I yeah. think Tiffany has before as well because, it, although at yeah. this point Tiffany's not in it, She's is She's not she? there yet, yeah. yeah. And, but Katie as well, I feel like she'd been doing some stuff in London or something. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, so I, I don't know. I wasn't really sure if that was a quite an accurate statement from the narrator, but any, mm. in any case, I think it's great that Tommy is really working with them on their, you know, little riffs and different bits and pieces to add some personality and really help them get to the point that he wants them to get to, which which I think is probably really nice for, yeah. for you know, first timers and new people. Yeah. There is a point where he's just standing over someone as, the, as she's singing. Is it Sally or I can't remember? Like <laughs> right beside her, <laughs> which I'd find super intimidating. Well, <laughs> but, I, I thought the funny bit yeah. about him was um, when he arrives, Michael kind of, Michael Natsalai kind of goes, oh, you know, and I'm, I'm look, I'm going to totally paraphrase and, and probably yeah. not do it justice, but. It's really awkward and funny, but Michael Napoli is kind of like, you know, oh, oh, hey, hey, uh, hey, Tommy, hey, uh, yeah, oh, hey, hey, yeah. Look, uh, did you did you get the emails I sent oh, you? Do you think he's fanboying a bit? Like, did you get the emails I sent you? It's like, <laughs> it's such a strange thing because you know, it's like I've, I don't know. I was wondering if maybe you know, maybe Michael Napoli was, and maybe Grant Thomas management were new to emails at this time. Oh, right, yeah. Um, because it was like, did you get the emails I sent you? And it's quite cute really, I guess, because <laughs> yeah. because the whole, the whole um, you know, concept yeah. of an email was new. But on the have topic you been of, on Have you been online since you arrived? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also don't forget they didn't have internet on their phone, so it would have had to have been a computer and everything. So uh, it's yeah. funny to listen to it in backwards, you know, to be like, oh, well, maybe he's actually been travelling, you know, for 48 hours or whatever, or 36 yeah. hours from LA or New York, wherever he's come from. And he actually hasn't read the emails I sent you, you know. But I will say. <laughs> he would have had an it. Apple Newton or something. That yeah. <laughs> On the There's topic a niche of, reference for people who remember. <laughs> <laughs> On the topic of cute things about Michael Naphtali in this episode, yeah. I'm just going to go out and say it. His new haircut that he has in this episode, mm. I think he's like borderline babe for the time. Really? Yeah, okay. for the time. Yeah, right. Yeah, I was pretty. I, just, I mean, much nicer I didn't really with the short cropped look. Yeah, short and cropped. Yeah, that's right. He sort of lost a bit of the Brit poppy mullet that he the had. The ducktail. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, <laughs> there you there go, you Michael. <laughs> bet you didn't. Bet you didn't think that, did you? That that's not yeah. what you thought I was going to say today. I bet you didn't think there'd be a compliment for you on this podcast, Michael. <laughs> 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 you know, we don't actually have anything against Michael Napthali. It's just you know you've got to <laughs> you've got to draw the comedy out of somewhere, and it seems of course fair. you do. Yeah, he seems and like also, an easy target. If it's, if it's not through Michael Napthali, it's through what all the girls are, and what everybody in the series is wearing, you know. Every yeah. now and again you get a glimmer of Jackie O, um, you know, or somebody else and you're just like, oh, my God, I remember those clothes. And yeah. I love Michael Zamowski when he's in the studio. He's wearing, he sort of leans back in his chair like some kind of like big shot producer and, yeah. he's, you know, man spreads and he's wearing a Mooks T-shirt. Do you remember that, that brand? It? Yeah, <laughs> Mooks. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but he seems like, like the sort of person who's just wearing the Bonds, you know, crew neck thing the whole t- most of the time. Anyway, totally, yeah. totally, totally, <laughs> totally. Yeah. But I love the fashion; it's so good to watch. 
Yeah. Um, one of my favourite bits is it's right near the beginning and everyone has to sort of introduce themselves to the camera because um, oh, I guess it's the first so time. fucking stupid? I know. I mean, actually, Katie Underwood gets really into it. So she's like, hello, my name is Katie Ashley Underwood. I'm a Capricorn and I'm a bit of a freak when it comes to astrology. <laughs> <laughs> and it took me a while to work out why they were all saying their star signs but because I'm not really, I don't really understand astrology and stuff but I guess... For someone, somewhere like New Idea, that would be an indicator of someone's whole personality. Is that? <laughs> do you think that's? I gather. What's going I mean, on? I have zero knowledge or interest in astrology, yeah. and um, I mean, I wish everybody all the best for people that do. Um, I don't know enough about it to really, <laughs> to really have an opinion that doesn't seem completely and utterly unfair to people okay, who yeah, love yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> um. I'm, I'm sort of in the same boat, so we can yeah. we can um, dodge this topic. <laughs> but you know, everyone's free to have their own beliefs. I think so. Yeah, sure. If you want to believe yeah. in astrology, or for example, if you want to believe in rocks, you know, watching a rock, paint a rock, and watching that dry, fine, sure. Yeah. Go oh, right ahead. Have you been reading my diary? I've got that on later <laughs> today. <laughs> and then Sally Polaronis, who's 23 from Adelaide. Yep. Um. I sort of felt with her, like watching her throughout the episode, she always seems to have, I mean, we've both probably been in choirs or, you know, choruses and stuff in in our teenage years. And sometimes you get stuck with the boring harmony line where you're just singing the one note the whole time Mm -hmm. and everyone else is doing all the fun bits around you. And she just seems to be the one that's always got the... Sort of the safe. With just one kiss, I will um, blow, blow your mind. mind. Like yeah, that she, harmony line. <laughs> she's just got the really safe line. But, you know, you do yeah. need that, especially if you've got, you know, five different voices. You really need that consistency. And I think you're right. That's totally what it is. Yeah. But I, I was just, I was sort of thinking, though, that at this point you'd, you'd sort of, I don't know. You'd be furious. In, yeah, like in a group of five, you're sort of going, who's going to be the main one? Like who's going to be the yeah. one who gets to stand well, who's, in the center Who's going to be time? like the Jerry, the ginger mice? Who's going to be yeah, the star? Yeah, exactly. And I think actually that's the thing I was thinking, you know, what were the dynamics like? What were they thinking? Were were the girls thinking who is going to be the front man, you know, because there's always a front man, whether you like it or not, you know. Even even modern day bands, you know, like One Direction, it was obvious that Harry Styles was the front man. Hmm. You know, they they say that he wasn't, but he was. And that's that's kind of the way with with these guys. I don't know. It's a bit interesting because, I don't know, I don't think it's who you think it's going to be. Yeah. In Bardo. No. I love Belinda's <laughs> little introduction, who clearly is not a fan of doing this little intro to camera. Yeah. And she goes, my name is Belinda Barbara Chapel." Yeah. Um, and, you know, very sarcastically. Yeah. Very sarcastically. She obviously hates it. And, and later on, I think in the next episode, in episode seven, um, she's, you know, she says she doesn't like naff stuff. Um, yeah. So she's clearly more serious than the others. And she's also the slightly older than everybody and, you know, she's clearly not into this kind of fluffy kind of kitty stuff. Yeah, I think I sort of felt at the time that she wasn't like playing along like the others, but now, yeah. like in hindsight, I sort of go, "All right, she's just well, she's not playing along, and she's like, it's I think it's out of maturity rather than." I agree. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I, I think at the time it did seem like she was mm-hmm. a bit of a bad sport, but I think yeah. now looking back, I'd be thinking at 24, "Fuck, this is stupid." Yeah, I'm here you to know, work. You, like yeah. I don't really want to do this dumb little intro. Like, who cares if I'm a Sagittarius or a Capricorn or a fucking Aquarian? That's such dumb bullshit. Yeah, and then it's, there's Sophie. What is it? Charlene Ackland. So- Sophie Charlene Monk. Ackland Monk. 19. And I love. And I love that she goes. <laughs> she goes. Hello, I'm Sophie Charlene Ackland Monk. I know. 
as if like you know she oh, yeah. like she knows her name is like a long like random name. Oh right. Um, oh, I didn't even clock that. Which I love. Like she's like I know. I love it. It's so cute. It's really really cute. But yeah. She just seems quite <laughs> joyful and happy to be there. Yeah, I exactly. Think. It's not that bad a name as well. Sophie Charlene Ackland Monk. Yeah. I suppose it doesn't I mean, really roll off the tongue. Well, no, but how often are you going to say, hi, my name's Sophie Charlene Ackland Monk? I mean, you're going to yeah. say, hi, my name's Sophie Monk, aren't you? And Sophie Monk seems to have worked for her. Yeah, exactly. And actually, if you take the first letter, it's scam. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I had never realised that. It is too. It's totally a scam. <laughs> That's like such a high school thing. Like, I don't know why people do that. but you I know, don't know I, why. And here you are doing it as we approach 40. So good job. Good job, Alex. <laughs> are we approaching 40? I'm still 36. Um, okay. Well, know, you're on the wrong side of 35. <laughs> so I guess you're heading to 40. Unless you're heading backwards, you've got this, you know, I think it's heading towards 40. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so anyway, Sophie, Charlene, Ackland, Monk, 19, a Sagittarius. There's a bit where Michael Napthali shows up with a birthday cake. Oh, yeah. And she's wearing, like, she's not even dressed. She's clearly just Sophie, jumped out of the shower. About. Yeah, Sophie. Yeah, she's just wrapped in a towel. And still the cameras come in. Michael sort of chases her halfway up the stairs and she's sort of <laughs> half hanging out of the bathroom. It's like, no. just give her a minute to get <laughs> you'd get think dressed. They would have just You'd think they would have just said, okay, sorry, we've, we've timed this wrong. We're yeah. gonna we're gonna just reset and reshoot this. Like, firstly, I don't know why Sophie's answering the door in a towel to a potential stranger anyway. Yeah, like she, she's potentially <laughs> opening it to a serial killer in a towel. But she's left. You can hear the shower running upstairs, so it's a bit random. And then yeah. she kind of is like, "Oh my gosh, you know, no, no, oh, it's my birthday." Ah, oh, she runs up the stairs, like sort of shocked about it all. The camera crew and Michael just kind of push through. In they come into the house and they're filming everything. It's so weird that they bother to continue filming. It's like. No, guys, camera down, like stop for a minute. Yeah. Let, let, let the young girl, the young woman, the 19-year-old, the teenager, let her get yeah. dressed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and Michael <laughs> sort of reaches up and hands her a card or something and Sophie has to reach down while clutching a, clutching a towel. Yeah. She has to reach down to grab this, you know, birthday card or whatever it happens to be. Yeah. And then it's next like, just minute. Just give her a minute. Yeah, it's so weird. And then next <laughs> minute they're all kind of downstairs having a, um, you know, celebrating with this cake that's clearly like, you know, slightly up specced Woolworths $5 mud cake yeah. um, and it's oh, got sparklers in it. Yeah. Of course I would too. I love though <laughs> seeing Sophie <laughs> trying to blow out the sparklers. <laughs> <laughs> Does she? I didn't yeah. notice that. <laughs> she tries to blow out the sparklers and one of the girls goes, no, you can't blow them out. And I just oh, love really? it so much. I love it so much. <laughs> I get, I, I've watched it twice and I just get such a kick out of it. There's another funny bit in the house actually where a spider arrives. So it's like oh. a biggish huntsman. And who's like Chantel's freaking out? I think Sally's there freaking out. Um, oh, and there's then a lot Belinda of screaming. Comes in. Yeah, Belinda comes yeah. in a bit later to kind of save the day a bit. I'm always the Belinda in this scenario because Belinda sort of comes along and goes, "Oh, why did like why did you spray it? Now it's going to die. We could have just put it on a broom and put it outside." Yeah, like yeah. I'm definitely the let's put it on a broom and put it outside person. <laughs> and it's just a spider, you know. <laughs> it is. It's just a fucking spider. Everyone, calm down. I wish it fucking bit somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Who would you want it to bite? Oh, at this point, either um, Sally or Chantel, who are hysterical. I mean, I will say 
you know, I don't want it to buy anybody really, but it would be would have been funny if it had have just because they were so fucking hysterical. The other, I mean, the other main thing, and this is more to do with their work, but they have a photo shoot. Like it's oh, kind of like their first photo shoot. The photo shoot. And first of all, like there's this look where they're all in the same white T-shirt and then different jeans and yeah, they all was, just look so That was so on the cover of New Idea magazine, that photo, by oh, the way. I bought it and I think actually, I might be wrong, but I think I have it in a box still. I think I have all of the covers of Bardo. <laughs> that they ever did, and I think I might I might not have it. I might have got rid of it when I, you know, a couple yeah. of years ago when I had to forgive and forget. But I, okay. I think I still have it. So that, that all the white t shirts that was the cover mm. of New Idea. Right, can yeah. tell you, can confirm. They do a little um, you know, to camera thing with Katie, and she's like, "Oh, I don't really feel like a star. I just feel hot and sweaty." <laughs> yes, I love that. Like I love they ask Sophie, and Sophie's like. Yeah, look, oh, I love it. You know, I love that. I love the makeup, and you know, I love getting my hair and makeup done. And and Katie is far more practical about the experience. You know, she's like, I don't feel like a star yet. It's more hot and sweaty, which I just yeah. think is so sensible because it's true. And you know, you've been in those studios; they're so fucking hot. Yeah, and it did make me think as well. Like, at what point do you feel like a star? Like, sometimes I think about it. You know, if you're having a big moment in your life, or you know, something really exciting is happening. You know, and what if you've got like a stomach cramp or a <laughs> pink eye that day? Like my favourite <laughs> example of this is I think is it Buzz Aldrin when he was on the moon. Apparently the thing um, that was sort of attached that he was supposed to wee into uh, disconnected and so he had he had to go and so he just weed in, and it ran down into his shoe. Have you heard oh, that? <laughs> no, I haven't. But okay. So here he is having this amazing like once in a lifetime, never before done by mankind experience and there's wee in one of his shoes. So, <laughs> <laughs> so there really there really is no such thing as glamour, I don't think. Like, Not really. still a human as you go through it. <laughs> I think it's a glamour is a perception, isn't it? Like it's a, you know. I mean, what's glamorous to one person isn't necessarily glamorous to, glamorous to another. And, um, you know, yeah. Sally has a point where she says um, in this episode, you know, I don't think it's hit me yet. I think it'll hit me when people start, you know, asking for autographs in the street or, um, you know, screaming at concerts or whatever. Hmm. And I was thinking, I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's work for you. So, like, I don't know. I guess you feel famous because people are screaming your name. But I know it's weird. And I love how you're sitting there trying to, um, you know, rationalize, you know, for us to figure out, when do you realise you're famous? Like as if we would fucking know. (laughs) (laughs) We have no fucking clue. Do you know what I think would be really fucking hard actually? And this is a really, this would be an interesting thing to talk about in the future in greater detail. What it's like to be famous all of a sudden and then all of a sudden not be. Oh, I want to write a book about this one day. Yeah, I mean, I think about I, I'm not not specifically pertaining to the girls in Bardo and pop stars, but more specifically, I think about some of these dirty, filthy pieces of trash that are on reality television oh, nowadays. Right, okay. yeah. I mean, some of these absolutely revolting, you know, people, these abominations of mankind that appear on these awful, <laughs> awful shows. Um, yeah. You know, with faces pumped full of plastics and poisons and chemicals and they have yeah. awful, awful bratty attitudes and then they're famous for like two seconds and, you know, Who magazine does a little feature spread of them wearing a swimsuit once and they think they're fucking God. They have 70,000 Instagram followers and they get sent some fucking tanning lotion every other month to fucking spruik. And then all of a sudden they're not famous anymore. So what do they yeah. do? They just They just keep flogging a dead horse. Yeah, exactly. None of them go on to a career like someone like Simon Hot Dogs Deary. Was that his name? <laughs> Who went <laughs> yeah. on to do Up Late well, with Hot Dogs That's afterwards. right. He was the guy from Big Brother, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, exactly. One yeah. of the Big Brothers, yeah. Yeah, he certainly didn't peter out. He had a long career of that weird up <laughs> scam Up Late show. Yeah. <laughs> For like a minute. <laughs> 
Poor hot dogs. <laughs> and the back to the photo shoot, there's the awkward oh, moment yes. where the like they have to broach the topic of getting the clothes off. Well, so the thing is the, the thing is I actually disagree that it's not an awkward topic. The woman, whoever she is, the stylist or whatever she is, she it's yeah. not even awkward first. She goes, now I need you to get you in, get you into your bra and knickers because we're going to do a photo shoot and we want you to look nude. I mean, there's no if spots or maybes. The girls clearly haven't been pre-prepared for this. They're literally told yeah. on the spot in front of the camera. I mean, two of these girls are 19. I mean, the other yep. two, the other three are, you know, a 23 or, you know, they're young. Um, at what point... At what point do you kind of think, oh, I'm going to be naked in a photo shoot today? Okay, like you you weren't told about it. Your brand, you're not famous yet, remember. I mean, I, I have no problem with nudity or photo shoots like that. I mean, I'm fine with it. But what I mean is these are young people who have not really been prepared for all of this and all the talks in the world that they've had with managers, you know, Michael mm. Napoli or the record label Chris Moss or, you know, even if they've had the opportunity at this point to chat with somebody like Jackie O who, who is at this point, you know, herself a, an up-and-coming star. Yeah. Um, at no point does anybody sort of say to you, you know, you're eventually going to have to have photos naked. Like, yeah. And, and you're not planned. It's just such a weird thing. They're not famous at this point. It's just like five it's random girls. on them. Girls get naked. And then they all look kind of like unimpressed and nervous and, and not happy about it. And I think um, Sally sort of says, my dad won't be happy. And they yeah. kind of laugh it off. But obviously they're forced, well, I presume they're forced to do it because, you know, you would have to deduce if Sally said, look, my dad won't be happy about it. Mm. You know, I presume there's been some other argy-bargy from everybody else kind of saying we don't want to do it either. Yeah. Then they're kind of forced to do it. And it's so fucking strange because all it ends up being is them wrapped in some ugly, hideous, brown, blankety, oh, cloth it's thing. It's the like, worst material I've ever seen What in my is life, it? It's, it's like a dirty old <laughs> roll of, you know, bargain bin shit from yeah. Lincraft. It's That's so it. strange. It looks like some calico has gone mouldy. Yeah. yeah, it's so <laughs> weird. It sort of seems pointless. But I also just think... You know, this is this is the this is kind of the bizarre fucked up thing of what was going on in the background with these girls, you know, or with the, with the band and this whole pop stars project product at the time. You know, this was their first photo shoot. You know that they were that they were doing as a group, and one of the things that somebody somewhere thought was a great idea: let's get these young women naked. They've won a competition about singing, but let's get them naked. Yeah. I know the Spice Girls had done a photo shoot not dissimilar or rather they'd sung a song called Naked on stage at their concert and they sort of were masked by like they were sort of sitting on chairs backwards so you couldn't really see any of the, um, you know, intimate parts. But in this case it's just kind of like it's sort of it's, it's just so you're weird. right it's just so sprung on them and they don't seem to have much of a choice and it's just sort of like okay this is happening now and like one of them is it even might be Katie is like okay camera's off now please camera's yeah, off yeah and she kind of yeah. puts her hand up to the camera and yeah. she, you know as if like you know camera's off okay guys you can go now the camera doesn't go though like the, it's it's not an immediate cut and then a next scene it's actually mm. just a pan and then yeah. a cut then there's a pan and then naked in the blanket. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't see the point for it at all. I just think it's hideous. But anyway, yeah. it is what it's it is. It's something, you know, if you think you're growing up to be a musician and it's not something they tell you in year eight tuba lessons, <laughs> one day you're going to have to be naked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think about like I've I've done some weird things in photo shoots, definitely, and and one. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. And I, I have, and, and there was there is one there is one photo shoot 
that I don't know if it will ever see the light of day and mercifully yeah. I hope it probably doesn't. Um, where I, where there was the illusion of me being naked. There's probably okay. some people out there right now Googling, I will, you know, that, and you you would know, hope. trying to find it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Is that what you and, um, Yeah. Yeah. You get a little um, modesty pouch though, right, don't you? Like um, a little flesh-coloured sort of... Um, yeah, you can have a modesty thing. pouch if you want one, yeah. Yeah. But this was what? in a shower, so it was like a arty. It was like a studio thing. It was like an arty thing, and ah, uh, right, okay. Um, you know, when you're a young actor, desperate for some money, and you'll do anything for some photos, and you kind of think, oh, this will be art, and it was. It really. It, I mean, it was all kind of you know lit, like it was yeah. like um, you know, kind of like blue and you know nighttimey, and it looked quite cool. I think at the time it was probably very on brand, but I do think now, like, oh, is there really a choice? I mean, I guess there's a choice. People listening are probably like, oh, there's always a choice. I don't know. I think at some point, you know, you feel like you're kind of a bit um, shoehorned into things maybe a little right. bit. Right, yeah, yeah. And maybe convinced that things are going to be a brilliant idea when maybe they're not. I mean, it's not like this I'm, – I'm not talking about I'm not talking about doing porn or anything. It's not like I did porn. <laughs> By the way, if, if, if I did porn, I'd be perfectly fine and happy to, to talk about it, but I didn't. But I just mean, yeah. you know, young people kind of, you know, being convinced or cuckolded into things thinking, oh, this is going to be really good or oh, it's going to be really great, it's going to be arty, it's going to look fantastic in print. I don't know. And I don't think anybody prepares you for it. One of the big bombshells of this episode is probably one of the biggest bombshells of the whole whole Pop Stars Australia. And it's the one where Chantal leaves the band. And actually, I think we should tackle like this whole thing as a biggest subject in a later episode. So maybe once, okay, once yep. we've gone through episode by episode to the finale... We might do a whole like a special, the Chantal, what happened to Chantal special. <laughs> sure. Okay. That's uh, fine. Because what's, yeah. what's presented in the show and what sort of happens in the media afterwards, there's a bit of difference between those two. Huge difference. Yeah. But um, in terms of what happened in the show. <laughs> at the time. I mean, at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like throughout the whole episode, they're particularly picking out bits. Yep. Like they could have picked out probably bits of anyone being a bit of a diva or a bit tired. Mm, totally. Um, but they seem to be focusing particularly on Ch- Chantal being exhausted mm-hmm. or being asleep or, or she being turns late, up late. You know, she, she's still yeah. got problems with the timekeeping and all that kind of thing. And they're sort of making a big deal out of it and it's sort of all explained at the end because it's like Michael Naphtali is called to an emergency meeting at the house. At the house, yeah. yeah. It's it's interesting though that to your point like um, – you know, there probably were, you know, moments that all of them had that could have been used to sort of spin a story against them. But the thing I guess I come back to is this was early infant reality television where they weren't so nuanced with how they produced these, you know, storylines. You know, shows like The Bachelor, you know, mm. there's one producer to two girls that go right. on that show. So, yeah. I mean, that's like, that's pretty intense. You know, there's there's a lot of production going on in these you know storylines, and you know they they able they're able to kind of you know really work and massage and flesh out storylines with these reality TV people contestants yeah. or, or participants. You know, we're talking about really we're not talking about producers producing a storyline. We're talking about it's just a docu series that's been filmed. Yeah. Everything's been captured, including this behavior of being late or being asleep on the couch or. Um, you know, um, being precocious to the camera or not being able to gel with the older girls or whatever it happens to be. Um, And then it's actually less about the production, I think, and more about, you know, retrospective editing, like, oh, okay, well, let's let's slot these things in anyway to to fit this narrative. It's less like 
less done at the time and it's definitely retrospective. I, th- I mean, at first I sort of thought it was a bit unfair just to how much they pick out of her, but then the fact that she leaves, they do. I feel like they do need to plot it out throughout the episode to, so it makes sense when she leaves at the end. Yeah, I mean, this is the yeah. thing that's wild about this, you know. Um, I, I would go as far as to say that, you know, Chantel Barry being, you know, leaving Pop Stars Australia is probably one of the most scandalous moments in Australian television history, I would say. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think it would be, you know, a, a, you know, maintained as that, I think, in a lot of people's mind. Since it's the biggest scandal since Kylie married Jason. <laughs> <laughs> or, that's was that right. a scandal? Or, uh, that wasn't a scandal. It was maybe more of an exciting shock when... Um, Angel got up and out of her wheelchair and walked down the aisle to her marriage to Shane on Home and Away. But anyway, oh, that's right. a different different <laughs> podcast yeah. for a different time. Um, <laughs> but it is interesting because, you know, what they have to do in this episode six is cram, retrospectively edit and cram in a narrative about Chantel, whether it's yeah. true or not is irrelevant. And it's all happening in one episode. You know, in my so memory. Quick. Yeah. It is so quick. It's, you know, they've, they've in this one episode. They arrive in Sydney, they start this, you know, new 15-hour-a-day exhausting drill lifestyle they have to do. You hear the songs for the first time without them being named. You meet producers. You see them go into a photo shoot and you see all these little moments of them. If you think about all the different setups that are in this actual episode and then at the end of it, Chantel's gone. And it's this weird thing that it's all happened in one episode, I guess, that's because there was no real plan to this whole thing. I mean, it doesn't seem like it anyway. They haven't really plotted it out very sensibly, mm. I don't think. I think they've filmed all the footage and gone up to a certain point b- before the show started airing when the girls got famous, and they've kind of gone, okay, well, we've got X number of hours of footage. I guess we'll do what we can with it, and this episode, oh, shit, this has happened. We have to now make this episode all about this. We have to fix it, fix it, fix it. You know, it's, everyone's very sad as she leaves as yeah, well. Yeah, Michael. Michael yeah. kind of says, you know, to the group, he walks out after having talked to her and, and he says to the girls, you know, there's been drama and tension and Chantel's felt a bit distant and she thinks it's the best thing for her is for her to leave the group. Yeah. And, you know, Chantel kind of awkwardly kind of, you know, shifting her weight and sort of, you know, looking this sort of cutesy kind of suki la la little face that she's kind of had going the whole time, this little precocious face, you know, I hope I haven't ruined it for you, you know, yeah. you'll make it with or without me. I'll still be buying your albums, you know. It's this weird cutesy thing. And the girls listening to this, they don't look, they look so numb and they look quite um, like it's ominous. It's very, very ominous to it me. Is, like isn't they're it? they're yeah. sitting around like they're expecting, they're expecting something horrific out of this. And clearly that's what happens, obviously, as she, she leaves. But it's very, very uncomfortable to watch, actually. It is, yeah. And there's even this little, there's a little um, sort of Vox Poppy thing with Sophie yeah. afterwards. And she's, sort of starts talking and then she halfway through she just kind of goes, uh, actually I don't want to, can we not do this? Can we not do this now? And she just yeah, sort of walks out of the frame. she's crying yeah. you, and you can hear because her voice sounds quite deep for her and she's she sounds like she's probably been crying quite a bit and, you know, yeah. she says, she says, you know, I don't want to do it. I, I, I don't want to do this bit because the question was, I think the question posed to her was uh, by, the, by the cameraman was, um, you know, did, were there any signs of this? And Sophie's just, yep. it's just quite emotional. And what I thought was really interesting is, you know, as she's as she sort of says this, you know, I can't do it, I can't do it, and she goes off camera, I don't want to do this bit. Um, a little bit later you get Belinda. They do a bit with Belinda. And mm. she really gives this, um, um, you know, really nice, succinct sound bite, kind of wraps it all up in a in a little package about, you know, 
well, you know, if you do, you know, we all want to be here. So, you know, it's really important and, you know, we wish you all the best and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and it's really, it's a really nice, crisp little soundbite. Clearly, yeah. I assume what they've done is they've asked Sophie or whoever else for, an, for, a, for, a, for a moment of a soundbite. And ultimately, Belinda, ever the practical one, the sensible one, the mature one, she obviously hmm. just goes, you know what, I'll do it, yes. And then she follows the letter of the law and she says exactly what she's got to say. Yep. And, you know, you can see when she's speaking to the camera, she's kind of, her eyes are kind of darting around quite a bit. She's obviously like looking into the camera, at the cameraman, at somebody else who's obviously behind the cameraman. I think it's like a com- bit of a confidence thing about making sure she's covering off all the points. And you're kind of like, okay, well, reliable Belinda Chapel, you know, probably saved the day. She was um, MVP, I think, of that moment. Yeah, I think so too. I think hers is also the next day as well, maybe. So everyone's had time to think Probably. about it. Probably. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess the the band is down to four by the end of the episode. And the really big question is who's going to get the big room in the share house <laughs> now that Chantel's oh. gone? <laughs> uh, I was thinking through all that that, um, like, there's something about Chantel that her personality is just different. Um, and she, she's not like Belinda's not playing the game that much as in she's not up for any of the shenanigans and she just wants to get on with the job. Whereas Chantel's the other way and she's sort of pushing the boundaries a little bit, I think. And I just feel like sometimes Australia doesn't love this and Australia just wants its celebrities to be like squeaky clean and have perfect PR and, um, they don't want anyone who's a bit different. Um, whereas like a, like a British star or even American ones, I think like they're allowed to have their foibles a bit more and they're not like in a way they're a bit celebrated sometimes for not being perfect. I think you yeah. um, are, I think that's a long straw to draw yeah. in reference to Chantel Barry in Pop Stars and Butto. <laughs> I don't disagree with you about, yeah. about that Australian culture and the celebrity uh, culture in Australia and what mm. we expect of our celebrities. But, you know, and maybe it was just the footage that we saw, but, you know, in this in this episode, you know, Chantel's saying, you know, she's asked by Michael Zamowski to sing a certain part of the song and she's like, I don't want to sing that today. You know, she's, yeah. she doesn't want to, she only wants the single room. She doesn't want to share a room. Sophie gets a single room, but she cracks it. So Sophie gives her the single room. Yeah. Um, you know, she can't do her own sheets. You know, she, you know, can't, she's screaming hysterically about the spider you know, um, she's the one who clearly is intended, whether it's true or not, to look like she's the weaker dancer in a yeah. scene that's voiced over by by Anna Kiprios talking about who's some of the girls have it and some of the girls don't have it. You know, and I'm not saying that it's not necessarily because of the editing because maybe it is, but I don't know that Chantel's individuality that you're referencing and your personality and all that is necessarily such that would be embraced like a British or an American individual sort of star. Yeah. Um, and I think you're absolutely right though, a hundred million percent, but that's probably a mini-sode waiting to happen, talking <laughs> about, you know, how we need our stars, our TV stars especially, to be a certain type of homogenized um, person. And um, and actually um, this is a conversation, I mean, we may have even had it before in the past, I have it with a lot of people about the, that um, cookie cutter and that polished kind of expectation 
we have of our actors and TV people. So, I mean, I'm even struggling to think of anyone who isn't really part of that from the Australian sort of celebrity oeuvre. But, I mean, the ones that come to mind, I guess, ACDC is sort of, you know, in their own little basket. But Michael Hutchins is one that I think was really quite individual and, you know, he was allowed to be a tortured soul and he was introspective and rough around the edges and... Um, and that's why I think he's still such a big like presence, not only in Australia, but like internationally, like people still think of in excess, I think is this amazing, like pop sensation. And it's really a lot of it's like, apart from the songwriting, you know, a lot of it's down to his charisma and his, um, presence. And uh, I also think it's down to him not being this like perfect kind of, I came off the production line sort of personality I mean, maybe. I mean, I. Yeah. In terms of the Australian celebrity ether, you know, who who um, um, you know, who is or does or doesn't have that kind of individuality, and who is or isn't celebrated for it. I mean, I think you could have a look back twenty, thirty years, or even today, and you can kind of see people who try something different and how they're rewarded, and people who mm. don't, and how they're rewarded, or people who, you know, what 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 is embraced and what is not is probably a better way of saying it, and um. I think there's a whole many different things that come come into it, but um, probably economics is the biggest one, you know, selling yeah. records or selling advertising or selling magazine pages. But, you know, I often think about things like, and this is an example that perhaps you'll roll your eyes at, but he, hear me out about this. Yeah. Um, you know, um, for example, Kylie and Danny Minogue in terms of pop yeah. stars and pop, pop music and we're just specifically because we're talking about pop music here with Bud O. You know, Kylie, you know, was really embraced and hit it really huge with songs produced and by Stockache and Waterman, and that yeah. was really that biggest time for her. And that initially in that late eighties period, before she tried to do things differently and kind of tanked. You know, she had this real lull in her career where she tried to do something different and something more um, unique and nuanced and unusual. And that was at the time when she was, you know, dating Michael Hutchins. Right, interestingly, yeah, yeah. and then it wasn't until you know she'd kind of you know, come back and, and she had some, I mean, obviously she had relative success with, with work in, in the meantime, but it wasn't until she came back with that album at the end of the 90s, the beginning of the new millennium, before, which was more of a traditional pop disco sound that she kind of came back again. It's funny how different our perspectives on this are because I was always like, oh, Kylie, you know, whatever, fluff. And then she does the um, Nick Cave duet <laughs> in the sort of a slightly before that, I think, probably about 97. And that's where I really went, okay, so Kylie's not just this, um, you know, this pop star thing. She's also, she's got depth and moodiness, you know. Yeah, that's right. In the middle of the 90s, you know, she did the duet with um, Nick Cave, you know, Where the Wild Roses Grow. Um, yeah. And she did the, she had the album um, Confide in Me, or Kylie Minogue Confide in Me, and she did uh, the album Impossible Princess, which was, that's what it was called in Australia, but it was renamed in Britain because Princess Diana had just passed away. Oh, right. And if you listen to that, it's really experimental and she works with Japanese DJs and, you know, she does something with Tower Tay and she does uh, German Bold Italic. Um, she has this really, you know, interesting sound, a lot of acoustic stuff with like cowboy style and, you know, some really interesting sounds that I think typically you wouldn't associate with Kylie Minogue, but it wasn't really embraced as much unless you were a Kylie purist or someone that, you know, really, really loves her diehard. Um, yeah. And I think the other person, is, you know, it's a good point of reference is Danny Minogue, you know, um, early on in her career, you know, her focus was dance music. And I think, you know, those early hits of Danny Minogue's were really big hits because they were dance music. And then I think as she 
as dance music changed in the 90s and evolved and, you know, house music went in and out and sort of changed in its way, um, you know, so did kind of Danny Minogue's credibility in Australia irrespective yeah. of whether or not she was any good or not. It just her popularity, you know, was kind of questioned and, and compared to her sisters and, and I don't know, I think they're both a really interesting um the example of of um, what we expect of our celebrities. My my counterpoint would be to um, measure Kylie against someone like Madonna from oh yeah, like the US. And for some reason, Madonna's allowed to have this like you know badass attitude, you know. Whereas I don't think if Kylie tried to do, go and do you know be the baddie in the Dick Tracy movie, I don't think anyone would be into it, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think that's true. But I think if yeah. you, you know Madonna from the very beginning of her career was controversial, and she also she also said you know she didn't hold back. She said what she wanted to say, and she was quite happy to to be confrontational and you know um, yeah be provocative. Kylie was never necessarily provocative, you know from from the get-go you know it was fairly saccharine and sweet and um sugary really from the very very beginning in the outset and i guess it's a model that kind of worked for her and i guess the the outlandish kind of outspoken um you know persona of madonna kind of worked for her in some ways i mean some people don't like it some people do yeah um, and you'd have potentially you'd argue today that madonna might need to reassess her approach to her career and fame today Oh, I think um, she's done all right. <laughs> no, no, I mean today, like now, how she how oh, she is today. Not 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 retrospectively because you know she's unparalleled Madonna. Yeah, but I mean more more recently today. And I feel like I need to go and do another podcast about uh, Oasis versus Blur just to cleanse myself a little bit here. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you're doing a podcast about Bardo, so you can talk about fucking Madonna and Kylie and Danny Minogue. You know, and you talk about Clueless every episode. So shut the fuck up. Who the hell are you kidding? <laughs> Everybody else listening at home is like, yeah, Alexander, that's right. You fucking tell him. Shut up, Blur and Oasis. Who gives a shit? Blur who? Whatever. Oh, well, big episode. I mean, we are going, definitely going to have to circle back onto the whole Chantel uh, We surely storm. are. Because it was, you were right when you said earlier, it was just such a major point in TV history. And I think people, even to this day, are still wondering exactly what went on, I reckon. I think people know because it came out in yeah. the ID magazine. And I think, and also Chantel spoke about it not not too long ago, I don't think a couple of years ago oh, right. from now. Um, and I think people have kind of commented on it. Um, but, yeah, I think at the time it was kind of a bit of a mystery. And maybe yeah. some people don't know still. Yeah. Oh, well, that's a good reason to subscribe and tune in. And <laughs> it is. Yeah. If anyone's listening and they haven't subscribed, um, you, need, you just go and hit the subscribe button. It's boring, but it helps out our algorithm. Did you know that? And then we'll be able to get some more ad money. <laughs> I didn't know that. I gathered. But um, I'm not the brains of this operation. I'm the yeah. beauty. So I, exactly. I leave all of that stuff to yeah. you. So everyone, please go and subscribe. Uh, it's very important. We have a little link as well to our ACAST support page. And if you, you know, subscribing is the easiest way to support us, I guess. But if you want to send us some cash, then there's a little link in the description. <laughs> 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 and then there's, of course, our Instagram, which is at Fruity Alexia Podcast. It is at Fruity Alexia Podcast. Are there underscores in there? No. No. <laughs> no underscores. All one word. And not to be confused with any other Fruity Alexias on there. <laughs> I think there might be a couple. <laughs> well, what are you going to do for the rest of your day? Um, I need to 
quickly eat something and then I need yeah. to um, probably do another episode with you. Yeah, I mean, a little peek behind the curtains for today. I think we're going to bank a couple of episodes and then, mm. uh, yeah. So we're, I at can, le- we're at least banking, yeah, at least banking this today and one more probably. Yeah, I just because yeah. we've got to got to get at least a little bit ahead. Um, yeah. In the event of you know me being taken down with COVID. <laughs> After, well, like I was last week with my COVID vaccine. Oh, I was so sick. So we need to just uh, work yeah. around that. Future-proof ourselves, you know. We do, we do. I mean, yeah. we had a late episode drop on Friday last week. I had three people message me to be like, where's your episode? It's not up. And I was like, oh, orcs. Yeah. I didn't realize people were that keen, but I love yeah. that people are keen. It's fantastic. I know, it's good. It means people are listening. Great. There's demand, supply and demand. You demand for Alexia and we will supply it to you. Well, on that note, should we run away and uh, start on the next app then? We absolutely shall. Okay. Oh, well, for this week, anyway, uh, goodbye, everybody. See you later. Can you feel it? I hate adults who are silly, like, I'm like, I'm like allergic to silly, like cutesy, <laughs> silly adult shit. Like I hate yeah. it. One of my friends says like, oh, do you want to meet up for brekkie? And I'm like, it's fucking breakfast. Stop calling it brekkie. Like you're a 43 year old man. Stop calling it brekkie. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.